Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Brewing Bright Minds podcast. We are uh, enjoying our discussion about what our kids actually are learning in the preschool classrooms. And now we are going to dig deep into infants, what really takes place in the infant classroom. How are we creating opportunities for learning in the infant classroom? What should parents expect for them to be learning? And how do we carry that out? Yeah. And just learning in general, because I feel like the infant and toddler ages is when most people look at classrooms as just a daycare Mm -hmm. um, and realizing that it is not just a daycare. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course, we are caring for them and their needs, but we are also teaching. And so infant and toddler teachers are just as important as kindergarten teachers. Absolutely. And it takes a lot, though. If if anything, they are juggling so much more at these ages to prepare them in terms of just safety and development, but also their learning. So because they're juggling it all, they're juggling yeah. it all as out all at once, whereas their um, care is priority. Of course, we want to make sure that they are clean and fed yes. and well rested and loved and developing secure relationships with their teachers and their friends. And then once that really critical foundation is set, then all right, let's 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 play. Let's do a sensory activity. Let's do an art activity. Let's do music and movement um, because their brain and their whole body and their state is is ready, is ready to learn. Yeah. And it's it's so important to note that that foundation needs to be set first Mm -hmm. because you cannot, you cannot do a lesson with an infant on their very first day of school. Mm -hmm. They will be crying all day long Mm -hmm. because they, they need to build that relationship with their teacher, build the relationship with their peers, with the other babies in the room. Mm -hmm. They need to be comfortable in the classroom. They've never been outside of home before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They need to be comfortable in their sleeping environment. This is the first time they're sleeping outside of the home. Mm -hmm. And that may take a couple weeks. So I think sometimes certain parents may think, oh, it's it's my child's first day of school ever. Mm -hmm. They're seven months old. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see this art activity, (laughs) this art and craft come home on the first day. And that's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, you know, it takes a few weeks Mm -hmm. and of course their schedule, if they're there five days a week, if they're there, if they're there less. And sometimes it takes children two weeks to adjust to their new classroom. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes two months Mm -hmm. to adjust their new classroom. And so that's where the patience comes in for the teachers and the parents. Yes. So just as um, every child needs that foundation set so that they are primed for uh, most effective learning that takes place like this. This is their first experience in in a classroom. Yeah. Of course, the infant classroom looks different from any other classroom, but it is. It is a classroom and they know that it is you should call it school. They yeah. are going to school yeah. um, because they have teachers, they have friends, they're learning how to function um, outside of their you know immediate caregivers. They're learning how to be their own person in the context of of a classroom and other friends and and having their voice and yeah. and and learning to express their needs and what they want and and all that. So it's it's just huge. It's just so so huge. So just making sure that 
you feel really comfortable with the teachers in that room that you feel like your child can build strong relationships mm-hmm. with that caregiver. Um, and ultimately, you you need to feel like they're going to be loved. Yes. They really, yes. really, really need to be held and loved and cared for um, so that the kids feel comfortable and so that the kids feel secure to explore. Only when they feel comfortable will they explore the classroom right. and um, engage and socialize with other with other kids. Yeah. And the inferior room is really, truly where their learning mm-hmm. begins. Mm-hmm. It's the very first step of their school experience. Mm-hmm. If your child is going to be in a care based setting until they go to elementary school, this is the first learning mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, it's the first the first step. Yes. And they do have a curriculum. Um, Our infant teachers do have a curriculum that they set and they do hit the domains just as all the other classrooms. So they do have, um, you know, sensory, which at this point in their development, they need to kind of learn how to process how they take in information through through their senses. Yeah. And so um, having them have a lot of sensory activities so that they can explore and teachers narrating and giving them vocabulary and building language skills through their activities is so, so crucial because that's just building their knowledge, their word bank. Um, even if they're not saying words, they're understanding you. Mm-hmm. You're building those fundamental language skills, which we touched upon mm-hmm. in our last in our last episode um, of of that has to be laid. Those bricks have to be laid. And even though it doesn't seem like it, it doesn't like they're just finger painting, you know, they're just splashing and playing with, yeah. you know, those those toys, even though it doesn't look like it, they are truly gaining foundational skills that help them build their learning. Yeah. And I think the three most crucial domains that we teach in our infant room that I think a lot of infant classrooms do as well is definitely the gross motor, the Mm -hmm. fine motor and the language. Mm -hmm. Language Mm -hmm. is so huge because even though they may not talk Mm -hmm. until they're 12 months plus old, they are hearing it constantly from their teachers. And that is why a lot of infant teachers will lose their voice at the end of the day (laughs) because they're literally talking Mm -hmm. for eight hours a day Mm -hmm. straight. Mm -hmm. And of course, Mm -hmm. every teacher is, Mm -hmm. but infant teachers are doing it while they're changing diapers, Mm -hmm. while they're feeding them, Mm -hmm. while they're playing with them mm-hmm. while they're trying to teach a lesson. Like they are talking so, so much. And again, like I mentioned, every, every teacher does. Um, but that is how these, these babies are soaking up the words and the vocabulary. And again, even though they, they're not necessarily having a back and forth conversation quite yet, um, they are soaking it in. Yes, they are. They are learning to process that information. They are learning to label. And as they get older, you'll see they will respond and maybe not verbally, but mm-hmm. they'll follow your direction. They'll look in the direction of what you're talking about. They'll look at the friend that you're speaking mm-hmm. about. And so those are the the language skills that you really want to build early on um, because it's just communication skills. Yeah. You really want them to be able to communicate with you um, verbally and non-verbally and um, know how to speak up or communicate when opportunities present themselves because that's what you want you if they're not processing then you're not getting right. a response from them right. so you really have to constantly immerse them in that language rich 
environment so that they're constantly processing it and building those skills. Right. Um, And going along with the motor skills, the Mm -hmm. physical development, that is the gross motor development is just so huge and crucial for a a child in in a school setting, because if they are just getting dropped off and sitting all day long, um, if the teachers are not actively engaging and trying to work on their gross motor, then they're not going to crawl or walk or sit up on their own for quite some time. And so a lot of times during the day, the infant teacher is walking with the child, mm-hmm. you know, when they're holding their arms mm-hmm. up or um, holding their hand while they're walking or having them on their hands and knees and sitting next to them. Just all of the gross development um, that the teachers are really actively working on. And that may not necessarily be in their lesson plan mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. per se, or that might not be something um, that's in their lesson plan, but it's something that they're doing constantly all mm-hmm. day long. Yes. And that's really key because, um, you know, in the early stages in infancy, there are easy tells, right, of when they are developing in a timely manner. And so gross and fine motor skills are a major, major area of that. And even if they're not really feeling like they're motivated to do so, because we hear all the time, oh, they don't really want to walk. Yeah. They don't really want to crawl. Um, They're not really showing those signs at home, but at school they will because they are in a class with various ages and they see their peers walking. They see their peers eating solid food. They see their peers, you know, climbing and doing those things. That's going to motivate them to try and explore Mm -hmm. and do things that they're not necessarily comfortable with. And that's what you want. Right. Of course, crawling and sitting up and, and standing and walking, it is a natural instinct and their bodies will eventually Mm -hmm. do it. But with the help of a caregiver, a teacher or a parent or a nanny, They could do it earlier. They could meet the milestone age. And really, they, like you're saying, will be motivated to do it because if their teacher is constantly having them stand up, you know, they're picking them up, they're walking around. And then when they go put them back down, they're putting them on their feet or they're putting them on their bottom, Mm -hmm. you know. So working on that, actively working on it day in and day out, Mm -hmm. that will help motivate them to do it because if you kind of just sit back and say, oh, they'll walk on their own. Yeah. They may not walk until 18 months old. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just let time. Yeah. Time do it. Um, You need to encourage it. And again, if, if they're practicing every day, they're learning, this is something I don't know how to do. Mm -hmm. I feel uncomfortable as Miss Dom is holding me in this stance. My feet are not necessarily, they'll feel it. My feet are not necessarily that strong yet. I can't really do it. But if you persist, you're teaching them again, the core value of persevering, Mm -hmm. being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And then when they can do it, when they do take their first steps at home or at school, or they do take their first, you know, crawling, um, moves then then they feel confident yeah. they feel capable and they're like wow I did it and even at such a young age they do feel that sense of accomplishment we see our babies all the time get so excited mm-hmm. and so that's what you want uh, in a program you of course want them to have all those opportunities because that's in essence the name of our <laughs> of of what we we you know it's it's called milestones and so every little milestone is a huge huge accomplishment and we celebrate those but it takes every day 
to get there. I do want to touch on the importance of emotional regulation in an infant classroom, because when when the average person thinks of babies, they think of crying and they think, oh, you know, they're 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 a baby. They're just they're just just crying. They're just crying. They're crying. Which, yes, and crying is an is a natural instinct and crying is a way of the child communicating mm-hmm. with their caregiver. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even get it down to this cry means mm-hmm. that they're hungry and this cry means that they're tired. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I used to do that with some of the babies, but emotional regulation in the infant room, it can be taught by the teachers that if... Um, if they are communicating that they are they're crying that they're hungry, and the teacher says, "Oh, I can hear that you're crying. Mm-hmm. You must be hungry. Let's go get your food. Mm-hmm. Let's go sit at the table." And you can actually see that when a child starts crying because they're hungry, and the teacher starts that conversation, the baby will stop crying mm-hmm. because they know my teacher's walking to the refrigerator to get my food, yeah, and they're walking to the table to put my food down, and that's something that they learn over time that they're in the room. Mm-hmm. But that is emotional regulation. They are learning to regulate their emotions by I'm crying. I'm telling my teacher that I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. Now I see my teacher walking to the refrigerator. So I'm going to stop crying. Yes. And that it could be for anything for for sleepy for, you know, this child's too close to me. Yeah. Or I'm getting frustrated with this toy. They're regulating their emotions in the infant room. And then you'll notice in the toddler room, most of the time, the children in the toddler room, if they started in the infant room, do not cry as yes. much yes. because they know how to regulate their emotions Yes, and they know how to communicate their needs. Yes. And that's what I was also going to touch upon is, yes, they have their feelings, their big feelings, and they are communicating them in the way, the only way they know crying, but with their caregiver, they're learning other methods mm-hmm. um, by because eventually food, I want my food. You know, I'm mm-hmm. crying. I want my food. Eventually be like, I'm just going to walk over to the fridge. Yeah. And point <laughs> and point. Yes. I'm hungry. I don't need to cry anymore. Yes. I am hungry. I'm going to stand by the fridge. And they do. They do this. Yeah. <laughs> and they even I and I will say this for the rest of my life, that when you start weaning off, when a child starts weaning off of their binky, mm-hmm. they cry because they want their binky mm-hmm. because it's soothing. Mm-hmm. And then eventually over time, they'll start to regulate their emotions and self-soothe by themselves yep. without a binky. Mm-hmm. And there's, um, we even had a child in the infant room who, um, they were very, very attached to their binky and we started kind of hiding it for small amounts of times. And they started pointing to their mouth mm-hmm. and saying mm-hmm. like the first word mm-hmm. they, or the first syllable of mm-hmm. the word binky. And they were starting to realize, like, to communicate mm-hmm. in a different way than crying. Yeah. They start saying, buh, and they start pointing to their mouth. Yeah. And they're not crying anymore. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. they're using their language skills. Yes. yes. And they're building their language skills. And that's all part of emotional regulation and language. Um, but they knew that, okay, my teacher isn't just going to give me my binky because I'm crying. Mm -hmm. They're going to give me my binky because I'm saying the word binky or I'm pointing to my mouth. And that could be used for many other things that could be used for food or Mm -hmm. for 
bottle. I've I've even heard a lot of infants say bottle or mm-hmm. milk. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where sign language comes in. And yes, of course, of course. So all those fundamental skills are being uh, built because the child or the children are in an environment that allows them those opportunities to communicate. Because when you're at home, honestly, mom's going to feed you when it's yeah. time to yeah, feed yeah. you. Yeah. And we know their schedule, but yeah. also the kids, the kids have more autonomy. They yeah, have well, a voice. And when, when they're at home in their own home, of course, they're going to get everything they want because mm-hmm. it's, it's, they're the only child in their home. And of course, you know, mm-hmm. but at school they'll learn not necessarily for our infants because they eat, you know, whenever, but in our older classrooms, they know I'm hungry and lunchtime is coming yes. soon mm-hmm. because we're doing this mm-hmm. and then this happens next. Mm-hmm. And then we eat lunch. Yeah. They learn routine and they, they get security from the routine and they can anticipate what's next. And that also helps them regulate Mm -hmm. because if they're feeling, if they're feeling a little wiggly, well, I know after I eat, I'm going to go outside and play. So I'm going to be just fine. And so they really, they really thrive with that routine in that schedule. And something that goes along with emotional regulation is the social aspect. A lot of the times you'll hear social emotional Mm -hmm. or social emotional development. Um, Those two words kind of go hand in hand, especially in the early childhood world. Um, And so in a school setting, um, in a a classroom setting in the infant room, they are learning social skills very, very early on um, that they might not get if they start school at two and a half or three Mm -hmm. years old. Mm -hmm. If they start school as early as infancy, they are learning these social cues mm-hmm. and how to work as a team. And also yeah. just that there's there's other children their own age. Yeah. Um, and so something that comes to mind is that kind of goes along with what we said about problem solving mm-hmm. in the infant room. If there is a certain toy that a child is kind of pulling back and forth, they don't have the language to say yep. like, that's mine. You know, they're just kind of pulling it back and forth. They're learning. I want this, but mm-hmm. so does my friend. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to keep pulling it back and forth. And my teacher might not intervene quite yet, but I'll let go and I'll let this child use it. Yeah. And they learn that. Yeah, they 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 truly do. Mm-hmm. Um, or if there's more than one toy and they, you know, they learn to share. Yeah. In infancy. Mm -hmm. And then when they go into their preschool classroom at three years old, there is so much less of that because they learned it so early. Yes. Well, they've learned they've learned that sometimes I get what I want. Yes. And sometimes I don't. And I'm disappointed. But that's the way (laughs) that's the way it goes. And they learn to be disappointed and they learn that that it will be my turn soon. But it's okay to feel sad right now about it because I'll get it eventually. Yeah. And so taking turns is huge. I mean, we have kids in the oldest yeah. class still having problems yes. with taking turns. And so they really do do learn that in infancy. And you can see it. You can see it on yeah. their face. You can yeah. see they're like, oh, not yeah. cool. Or they or they cry. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they scream. You yeah. Know, like they, they learn it. And even just um, like you mentioned that they are not the only child. Yes. Um, and so this this might be something that's a little hard for some parents um, to have their child go to a school-based setting. Mm-hmm. The fact that they are not their, yeah. the, the only child. And that's kind of when you realize that maybe a nanny or something mm-hmm. is better. Um, but 
basically they learn um, they learn to take turns and they learn to deal with disappointment. But it's okay because they are in the comfort of their classroom with teachers that love them, and so it's a very safe environment to learn yeah. those skills and those those life yeah. <laughs> those life realities. Um, another thing that's really huge, I think, in the infant room that builds on is um, learning hygiene and self-care. I didn't know this until we opened our school, but after every diaper change, the infant washes their hands. Yes. And I was like, (laughs) I do not do that for my child at home. Yeah. And that's something (laughs) that you would never know unless... You are in a school. A parent mm-hmm. would never know that mm-hmm. unless the teacher tells them. But yes, after every single diaper change, after before and after eating. Yep. After every diaper change, before and after going outside. This is a licensing requirement. Yes, a state licensing yes. requirement. Um, they are washing their hands 20 times a day. Yeah. Um, but yes, they have to wash their hands after they change their diaper. And at first, for the first couple weeks, a child will absolutely hate washing their hands. <laughs> Babies will hate washing their hands to the point where a teacher is pulling their arms it is not into the water. Yeah, for teachers to wash. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Babies. You are like you're leaning them yeah. into the sink, and and they're crying, and it's this awful couple seconds, <laughs> and it's you know you're washing their hands, and it's awful. But then. A month later, they are sticking their hands <laughs> in the water. Times. For like they are jumping yeah. to the sink. Yeah. They are asking for more soap. Mm-hmm. They are not wanting to leave. I even had a child one time where I was literally pulling their arms and I would feel so bad, of course. And then a month later, I would have to pull them away from the water. <laughs> and then they would cry from yeah. not being in the water anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're learning mm-hmm. that washing hands is fun. And yes. you put soap on your hands and things like that. But it's not, that's a learned skill. Yes. And so, yes, they, infants in an infant classroom are washing their hands 20 or more <laughs> times a day. And at first, it's going to be an awful experience for the caregiver and the child. But then they get, used to it and then they love it and now are even in our in our preschool classroom mm-hmm. our two and a half to three and a half classroom those kids wash their hands better than i do sometimes <laughs> like they are scrubbing in between their fingers yeah. they're scrubbing under their we're nails. really showing yeah. them how to yeah they are washing their hands for 20 seconds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they know when to turn the water off they know when to grab a paper towel and they're two years old mm-hmm. because they learned that in the infant and toddler class yes and that may sound great but maybe a little silly but it's important to show that hygiene and cleanliness is important for for just you know your health but also it gives them autonomy Mm -hmm. and it gives them self-sufficiency skills where again it builds confidence so it's just so crucial and starting it at the youngest age it just makes that skill and that value stronger as they grow thank you so much for listening to the brewing bright minds podcast If you liked what you heard, please follow us, like, and subscribe for more.